0: Good evening, C3 City Church. How are you doing? Yeah. Are you guys good? Have you been enjoying the overcoming series? Who's got something in their life that has got to overcome? Yeah. Come on, everybody's got to put their hands up. Come on, who's got something in their life that got to overcome, right? There we go. That looks better. So I have the privilege of sharing something with you tonight that I've been walking out for quite some time and I've had so many questions to God about this, just trying to understand it, and it's isolation. Um, I grew up in a very isolated place, in a family that's very, very isolated, very private, all for the wrong reasons. Uh, But that was my normal. That's all I knew. So when I got married to Amazing Will, um, I pulled him into my isolation, into my world of isolation, because that's all I knew. Right? If you don't know anything better, then you don't know anything better. So to me, that was normal. To me, a life of isolation was so normal. And gradually, he came accustomed and used to my life of isolation. It, it came to such a point where. We had no friends because I was not allowed many friends when I grew up. We weren't allowed to have people over. We weren't allowed really to socialize and connect with people. Our lives were extremely private. So Will got used to that. And then one day, Will and I sat and we had a cup of coffee. And without even realizing, well, he never realized, but I, I completely realized that I rapped off on him. Who of you know that we rub off on people, especially the people you love the most? You rub off on them. And my isolation isolated him. And he started to lead a life of isolation. He had no more friends, didn't go out. We never had friends. We got married. We got children. Never had any friends. And I sat with God and I said, God, how do do we get out of this? Because when you're in it so long, it's all you know. You don't know anything else. You don't know how to break free of this pattern in your life. Now, this might be an extreme pattern to some of you. Sorry. But everybody here at some point in their life will battle isolation. And isolation, when you're doing isolation with God, It's not not necessarily bad because God says, go and separate yourself with me and spend time with me. So therefore, that's not really isolation, isolation, right? Because you're spending time with God. You're not alone. But what I'm talking about is something very different. So I said to God, how do we get out of this? And he said, one of the things he revealed to me was through active pursuit, Although that wasn't enough, I looked into it and it says here it's the proactive and intentional effort to actively seek or chase after socialization and connection. Now that's a mouthful and it's way easier said than done when you're in the isolation, right? Way easier said than done. But we need to actively engage and take steps and make decisions and yes that is great when we do that but if we don't break through the isolation even though we're making these choices we are, we're still stuck we'll go back to the main pattern that we know the default setting of our life of isolation so how do we break through that and God said to me I still had a lot of healing to do And it's only once I do this healing that I can form connections and start socializing that's real, that's deep, that's connected, right? But it's hard if you're not actively going after that healing because you won't be moving towards it. You'll be moving away from it. So... As a church there's different ways of healing, right? so I believe that we have a God that can instantly heal us like this if you're sick God can heal you now there's miracle working power, and God has that and it 's to our you know we 've got access to that miracle working power, but I also believe that sometimes God choose not to heal us like that and I said, why why can 't you heal me like this and i i'm I can live a life that's not in isolation. I can live a life that's out there, that's connected with people, with so I don't fear to meet with people and connect with people. Why can't you heal me like that? And he said, because I choose not to. I'm like, what? You choose not to? Why would you do that? You're a loving God. And he said, It's because I'm a loving God. I choose not to do that. And I was taken aback. And what? It's because you're a loving God. You choose not to heal me instantly. How can that be? It doesn't it doesn't make sense to our logic, right? So I said to God, how you need to explain this to me? And God said to me, It's because I need to go deeper to sort out the root. You see, I can heal you instantly like that of something, but If you've lived a life of isolation, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, this was for me, right? So I lived a life of isolation, which caused other things in my life, codependencies and all these other other patterns, that if God had to yield that, I might still cling to some of these things because I still need healing in those areas too, right? So God doesn't do half a job. Right? Who here believes God does a full job, a complete job. I believe that. And it's because of God's love in our life that sometimes he delays the healing, the instant healing, because he loves us so much and he wants to do a complete job, right? I actually also believe that it's unwise to isolate. Many of us sitting here and say, I choose isolation at times. There's many times in my life that I've actively chosen isolation. It's just easier. It's just, it's something I know. It's something I'm familiar with. I don't feel like looking at the world, being a part of the world. My life in isolation at this point in time is easier. That's unwise. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, He who willfully separates himself from God and man seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. It's unwise to isolate. The act, I actually believe that the act of separation in this way is completely demonic. And the reason why I say that is when Jesus was on earth, when he chose to go and separate himself and isolate and fast for 40 days and 40 nights. He did that to face every possible thing on earth which we would ever go through. What is the first thing that happened when he did that? The devil appeared. That's the first thing. Before temptation, the devil appeared. What happens? What is the first thing that happens in your life when you choose to isolate? The devil appears. What takes over your thought patterns? What enters your thought patterns? What temptation comes? It's the devil. Therefore, it is unwise. It's unwise to isolate yourself from God and the world. It's a playing field for the devil in your life. It is unwise. So recently when we had a prayer meeting, I got this image of a um, Japanese cup. And in this image, what's the On There we go. Uh, in this image, the cup had all these golden patterns on it. And I said to God, I actually did not know anything about this at that time. And I said to God, what is this? And God says, this is how the Japanese fixes cups when it's broken. They take gold dust and they mix it together somehow, and then they glue it back together with gold. So what this actually does, it, is, it preserves the history of the piece. It becomes a showcase and it becomes stronger than it was before. And we all have stuff we have to deal with, right? Isolation is my thing. And we all have pain and some form of trauma in your life and hurt. And we're all broken, right? And when Jesus came to earth to save us, he shed his blood for us. And that blood is the same as this golden dust, You see, if you come and you just take a a bit of glue, Bostick, or whatever you want to use, and you want to mend a cup, it is now fragile, it has lost its worth, and you've got to be so careful when you use it, it might not even hold the liquid that is poured into it. It might seep through, even though it's glued together. Or even when you throw something in it, the glue might not work well, and it will just burst again, and it will break again. And that's because the wrong glue was used, right? But when we use the blood of Jesus in our lives, like the gold dust, and God comes and he puts you back together with his blood, you become a masterpiece. You become special. The history is preserved within you. You can contain what God throws in you without showing new cracks. Now you become so unique. There's nothing else in the world like you because God put you back together. And just like I had to deal with isolation and I have to allow God to come and take everything in my life and my past that has hurt me and broken me and caused issues in my life like all of us has, we need to allow Him to do it with His blood. So that we can actually break through our patterns and break through the stuff that we feel is default settings in our life. And then he comes and whatever he throws in your cup, you will be able to hold and it will not seep out. You see, many of us say, how come it just feels like I can never get through it? Why can't I ever break through the isolation? You see, because I have to work through all of this stuff so that God can present a whole cup with all its imperfections, and it becomes beautiful. I said here, it's only, uh, this can only happen through intentional choices to change the patterns and behaviors in our life. You see, we can, that's the first thing God said to me, is we have to be intentional with what we do. But we cannot do it only with our intentions. We have to allow God in that places as well. And we have to work through it. It's not instant. When they put these cups together, they have to find every splinter piece and put it in the right place. And I would like to encourage you to allow God to take every bit of splinter piece in your life that has been shattered and broken and let him put it together with his blood so that you can move on. Come on, Will. Your turn. (laughs)
1: Amen. Wow. I didn't think it was going to be that quick. She's leaving me some time. (laughs) That's great because I need it. Amen. God is good. Amen. So, Nicole uh, spoke about Apostle Nicole spoke about isolation and, and how she dealt with that in her life, and it's quite phenomenal how things just, you know, just happens, hey, and then you find out, whoa, I'm so down, deep down this rabbit hole, now I have to deal with stuff, right? And that's pretty much what I found with myself and, uh, and being drawn into that isolation as well. But that's not what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the attitude that you bring towards the problem that you have to solve, Right? Amen. I love about, I, I, just, I just. That's always been a defining thing for me in my life is the attitude that you bring to something that needs to be solved, some problem, or even good things. What attitude do you carry, right? Because the attitude that you carry is coming from the culture inside your spirit. It's coming from the core beliefs, right? So you can see, we always say that when somebody is, is, is around and we, they have an attitude, right? We say, oh, yeah, look at that attitude, Right? Hey? is not that a bad attitude is is, is repulsive, right? But a good attitude is like a magnet. When somebody have a good attitude, when somebody has this positive and vibrant feel, you just want to be around them and you want to get them to your parties and you want to get them around to your house because, hey, man, I want more of that. That's awesome. But when the attitude is bad, it's pushing you away. And you're like, I don't want that. You don't greet the people with a bad attitude. You walk straight around. You're like, oh, I'm all right, thank you. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just not get some of that tonight. And, 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 and this is what, 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 what one of the defining things that God had to deal with me in my life is keeping that attitude in check. Because we're human and we have a lot of stuff going on inside here. You have a lot of emotions rumbling around inside your heart. It's a natural thing. And if we don't keep that attitude in check with our core beliefs, we can soon find ourselves stepping out of stride with God. Isn't that great? Right? So I draw a lot of encouragement from David. I love David. He's probably one of my favorite characters because he makes many mistakes and I'm like, I'm okay still. Thank God. You know, he makes many mistakes, but he's courageous as well. He's a figure of faith. He's a figure of passion and fire and zeal. That's something that I can totally connect with in my life. Right? I love his fire, I love his zeal, I love his attitude that he carries throughout his stories. Isn't that awesome? And I want to rub, a bit, I want to rub off on you tonight with my attitude. Is that all right? Can I do that? Will you allow me? All right. So if you want to find some inspiration with me, we can go and read in uh, um, Samuel. we go straight to chapter seven, right? Not hearing any pages. Hey oh people. Is it just phones clicking open? What's that? <laughs> There's no Bible pages in the modern age. This is where David has, uh, um, is coming out to bring food for his, for, his, uh, for his brothers that's actively engaged in this fight going on. Um, well, they haven't fought yet. They've just risen up against each other, each on their own heel, right? But he hears that Philistine out in the valley challenging them. So he comes out and he hears this Philistine challenging him, uh, challenging the men of Israel, right? And what is his, how does he react to this? What is the attitude that he carries towards this? As they talked, behold, Goliath, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, came from the Philistine ranks and spoke the same words as he did before. He's challenging them, right? And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him, terrified. So they carried fear with them. David heard these words, and, he, and the Israelites said, Have you seen this man who's come out? Surely he has come out to, def- um, uh, 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 um, to defy Israel. But I'm just going to skip to verse 26, and David said to the men standing by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Immediately, how does David respond to their fear and respond to this threat of Goliath coming? He starts to rally up the guys. He says, hey, wait on a minute. What did King Saul say shall be done for the man who puts this uh, um, Philistine down? We'll be free from Texas, right? No more Texas. I'll get to marry the king's daughter. I'll get a big prize. There was a lot to gain by killing this Philistine. And he was already, he was, he was rolling up the troops. He said, hey, come on, think of the reward. Think of what will be done. Don't think of the size of this Philistine. Don't think of the wrong things. You see, if we dwell on the negative, our attitudes will suffer. By dwelling on the negative, dwelling on the giant, you cultivate fear. David moved the focus immediately from the giant, but to the reward. And it cultivated a different atmosphere among the men. They became riled up. They said, yes, they forgot about the giant. And they said, yes, what about the reward? What shall be done? Let's think about the reward. He brought a change of perspective just by carrying the right attitude. That's who I want to be. When I walk into a room of fear, I want to carry that different perspective with me. I want to rally up the troops. I want to say, come on, stand up, be proud, be courageous. We've got God on our side. Amen? Are you with me? Totally. So, The second part that really stood out to me where David carried this distinctive attitude was in verse 34. David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a a, a lion or again a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I smote it and I delivered that lamb. So David was being confronted by Saul, saying, hey man, you can't do this. He was being confronted by leadership saying, hey, step back, you can't do this. This is not what you're supposed to be doing, right? Confronted by that, and David brought he brought testimony. His attitude was, was leaning towards faith. He was saying, no, let's not look on what we cannot do, but let look let's look at what God has done for us and draw our attitude from the victories that God has already gained for us. So if you're in a position where you say, hey, man, I'm demotivated, stop looking at the wrong things. Draw your motivation from the victories that God has has already done for you in their life, of which there are many, countless of them. Start writing them down so that you can see them in the morning. List them. Say, thank you, God, for doing this. Thank you, God, for doing that. Set your attitude for the day. How many of us practice setting our attitudes for the day? We actually do it. We just don't know about it. We're quite unconscious about it, right? We get out of bed, and many of us say our coffee is the thing that sets our attitude for the day. So I I have have some of the staff that comes into the office, and they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, walking like this. I'm like, what's going on, you know? And I'm I'm all happy and sparkling. They're like, I can't handle as much of Will in the morning. I haven't had my coffee, you know? What is setting your attitude in the morning? Are you setting your attitude out of worship? Are you setting your attitude out of praise? Are you looking at what God has done for you? It's sure going to stir you, man. And it's going to set your attitude for the day. David had a lot of opposition in this time where he was going to fight out Goliath. He was being told that he wasn't good enough. He was being told he's not supposed to be there. He was being put down by his brothers. He was being put down by Saul. There was so much opposition and so much adversity in this camp, but David's attitude prevailed. And finally, when he stepped out on the battlefield towards Goliath, This is amazing. He said to Goliath in verse 45, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, man. this guy is going straight from faith into prof- into prophecy, and I will smite you, and I will cut off your head. I love it, right? I love that fire man he 's not playing games he 's saying hey man you didn't draw, you didn 't draw out towards me you didn 't attack me, but you are attacking the Lord of hosts you 're drawing out against the ranks of Israel David is bringing Faith. He's bringing courage. He's not bringing fear. He's not looking at those things. He's not focusing on those things. He's saying, You didn't draw out against against me, but against the, the, the God of Israel. And he's prophesying. And out of that position of faith, that's where we can step into the position of, prophet, of prophesying and prophesying in our own lives and speaking wealth into our own lives, right? When you've psyched yourself up in the miracles and stuff that's happening, that God has done for your life and you psyched up for the morning and you got that positive attitude, now you can start prophesying. Man, it's gonna be a good day. I'm gonna touch some hearts today. Lord, send me somebody to minister minister to today, Lord. Send me an unsafe person so I can have that conversation today, Lord. Send me somebody that needs a touch of your hand, Father God. Make me your instrument in this world, Lord. I'm fired up. I'm ready. Are you ready this evening? Are you going to have that pep talk in the mirror tomorrow morning, hey? Come on. You've got to be excited about what Jesus has done for you. And the only way to do that is to cultivate that attitude. It's not going to come by itself. That attitude is not gonna fall on you while you lay in your bed doing nothing. No, it's something that needs to be cultivated. It needs to be cultivated by a life, by prayer, by a fervent seeking after it. You gotta run after it, like Pastor Nicole said. Go and get your freedom if you really want it. Amen, is that all right? Can I say that? You gotta go get it. And if you ain't gonna go get it, it's not gonna come to you. So don't be surprised if you're still bound. You gotta go get it. You gotta go look for it. Amen? Cultivate that attitude. Bring that faith because it's totally out there, ups for grabs. This morning in, uh, um, yeah, at North, um, we had the communion that was being done. And, and there was this old lady up front. She was doing the communion. And it was so precious. And I was looking at that. I'm like, yeah, man. If I'm like, woo, put me up there. I just want to remind everybody that what we have access to. Communion opened the door. Jesus opened the door right to God. You have access to the king of kings and this reservoir of power. If you choose to believe it, it's gonna become real for you. If you don't choose to believe it, you will live right by it. You will live as if it does not exist and you will just pass along with times, right? But I'm not gonna be one of those. I want to make a move for God. I want to be part of the move of God. I want to be one of the people that shakes things up, right? I want to be in the midst of it, where it's happened. I want to be excited for God. And I want to rub off on you guys. Is that all right? I want you guys to feel exactly the same thing. And I want you to think tomorrow morning, when when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're like, okay, man, maybe Will's on to something. I don't feel it. I don't, but he's saying i got to go get it, so I'm going to go get it. Lord, help me. Hey, sometimes we don't feel it, but you got to cultivate it. If you're always going to go on what you feel, you'll pretty much be depressed most of the time. I get out of bed with the wrong foot most mornings. I do. Prone, prone to Depression. I get out of bed and I feel, oh my gosh, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to live. Lord, help me. I don't want to get up this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit's like, you got to. I'm like, why? You're the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh no, I have to get up. (laughs) You got to cultivate that attitude. It's something that you carry with you because you plant that seeds every day in the ground. And soon before you know it, you have this rich harvest of an amazing attitude that you harvest. And you get it in every day. And before you know it, you've got more than enough and you start dishing it out. And like, you want some good attitude? Come on. Come on. I have a bit here in my pocket. If You want some? This is wonderful stuff, man. You got to take this stuff. One of the best things I get at work is, why are you so happy? When people start asking you questions like that, you know you're doing the right thing. You know you're on the right track. When your happiness is annoying non-Christian people in the room, you know you're getting it. You, 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 that's it. Well done. When your happiness is annoying Christians, then you know the problem's not with you. <laughs> right? Hey, hey, come on. I get told a lot, hey, Will, you've got to calm down. You're a bit too much, hey? So uh, I'm like, no, no, no. you just got to get on what I'm on. Amen? <laughs> awesome. So if the band can come, that would be, that would be amazing. So, my question to you is What will you carry into this week? What are you going to carry next week? Is this going to change you in any way? Is this going to leave an impression on your heart? Do I have the privilege of leaving my fingerprint on your heart this morning? With the Holy Spirit, of course, not mine. God is just using me as a voice box, but He's wanting to leave something on your heart. And He's asking you the question He's saying, What attitude will you carry into this week? What are you going to carry? What are you going to have with you this week? Are you going to carry sadness? Are you going to carry depression? Are you going to carry lifelessness? What is it that you will carry? Will you carry courage? Will you carry faith? What will you carry this week? I want you to think on that deeply. And talk to God about it in your heart. And if there's something that you, that you feel, hey man, I, 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 I'm struggling with this. This is really a battle for me, Will, carrying this right attitude. Just really, it's really a thing for me. I'd love to pray for you. And if that's you, we're gonna sing a song. The bangs are gonna be amazing and they're gonna uh, uh, just sing us something. And while they do, just come to the front. And we'll love to pray for you for that because God can change anything. Amen. He can change anything. But we gotta allow him to change it. We gotta say, Come, Jesus, change me. And you gotta be open for it. And when you start feeling the excitement rise in your spirit, don't push it down. Let it out. When you start feeling the fire, don't push it down. Share it. And when you meet somebody that doesn't is not into your fire, don't worry about it. Move on to the next person. They'll come around eventually. Hey, we just gotta get more of Jesus. Is that all right? All right. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It was amazing to be here with you, and it was amazing to share this message with you. I'm really excited about the Word of God, and yeah, we're going to pray and sing. Cool.